0: Hello, friends. Sorry, I was out for some time as I suffered from COVID 19 and now I'm better. So, I'm again backed up with my book, which was I reading to you last month The Power of Habit by Charles Joick. This Podcast is being recorded with the support of Anchor. So let's begin. Stimson and his team went back to PNG headquarters, and started reviewing the marketing campaign they were about to roll out. The key to selling Febreze, they decided, was conveying that sense of relief the park ranger felt. They had to position Febreze as something that would allow people to rid themselves of embarrassing smells. All of them were familiar with Claude Hopkins' rule or the modern incarnation that filled business school textbooks. They wanted to keep the ad simple, find an obvious cue and clearly define the reward. They designed two television commercials. The first showed a woman talking about the smoking section of a restaurant. Whenever she eats there, her jackets smell like smoke. A friend tells her if she uses Febreze. It will eliminate the odor, the cue, the smell of cigarettes, the reward, odor eliminated from clothes. The second ad featured a woman worrying about her dog, Sophie, who always sits on the couch. Sophie will always smell like Sophie. She says, but with Febreze, now my furniture does not have to. The cue, pet smells, which are familiar to the 70 million households with animals. The reward, a house that that does not smell like a kennel. Stimson and his colleague began airing the advertisement in 1996 in the same test cities. They gave away samples, put advertisements in mailboxes, and paid grocers to build mountains of Febreze near cash registers. Then they set back, anticipating how they would spend their bonuses. A week passed, then two, a month, two months. Sales started a small and got smaller. Panicked, the company sent researchers into stores to see what was happening. Shelves were filled with Febreze bottles that had never been touched. They started visiting housewives who had received free samples. Oh yes, one of them told a PNG researchers, the spray. I remember it. Let's see. The woman got down on her knees in the kitchen and started rooting through cabinet underneath the sink. I used it for a while, but then I forgot about it. I think it's back here somewhere. She stood up. Maybe it's in the closet. She walked over and pushed aside some rooms. Yes, here it is, in the back. See, it's still almost full. Do you want it back? Febreze was a dud. For Stimson, this was a disaster. Rival executives... In other divisions, sensed an opportunity in his failure. He heard whispers that some people were lobbying to kill Febreze and get him reassigned to Nikki Clark hair products, the consumer goods equivalent of Siberia. One of the PNG divisional presidents called an emergency meeting and announced they had to cut their losses on Febreze before board members started asking questions. Stimson's was stood up and made up an impassioned plea. There's still a chance to turn everything around, he said. At the very least, let's ask the PhDs to figure out what's going on. PNG had recently snapped up scientists from Stanford, Carnegie Mellon, and elsewhere who were supposed experts in consumer psychology. The division's president agreed to give the product a little more time. So a new group of researchers joined Stimson's team and started conducting more interviews. Their first inkling of why Febreze was failing came when they visited a woman's home outside, Phoenix. They could smell her nine cats before they went inside. The house interior, however, was clean and organized. She was somewhat of a neat freak, the woman explained. She vacuumed every day and did not like to open her windows, since the wind blew in dust. When Stimson and the scientist walk into her living room where the cats lived, the scent was so overpowering that one of them gagged. What do you do about the cat smell? A scientist asked the woman. It's usually not a problem, she said. How often do you notice the smell? Oh, about once a month, the woman replied. The researchers looked at one another. Do you smell it now? A scientist asked. No, she said. The same pattern played out in dozens of other smelly homes that researchers visited. People could not detect most of the bad smells in their lives. If you leave with nine cats, you become desensitized to their scent. If you smoke cigarettes, it damages your olfactory capacity so much that you can't smell smoke anymore. Scents are strange. Even the strongest fade with constant exposure. That's why no one was using Febreze. Stimson realized the product's cue, the thing that was supposed to trigger daily use, was hidden from the people who needed it most. Bad scents simply were not noticed frequently enough to trigger a regular habit. As a result, Febreze ended up in the back of a closet. The people, with the greatest proclivity to use the spray, never smelled the odors that should have reminded them the living room needed a spritz. Stimson's team went back to headquarters and gathered in the windowless conference room, rereading the transcript of the woman with nine cats. The psychologist asked, What happens if you get fired? Stimson puts her head in the hands. If he could not sell Febreze to a woman with nine kids, he wondered, who could he sell it to? How do you build a new habit when there is new cue to trigger usage, and when the consumers who most need it don't appreciate the reward?